Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text is the epistle reading from St. Peter, which you've already heard. You may be seated. Today, Peter puts before us two topics that you might not associate with one another. The end of the world, on the one hand, and on the other hand, stewardship. Peter reminds us that in the time that we live in now, after the ascension of Jesus into heaven, we can expect the Lord's return at any time. In fact, the apostles all wrote this way. Luther himself wrote this way. But the end of all things is no time for panic. Yes, the end of time is at hand. Therefore, he says, be self-controlled and sober-minded. The end is not the time to lose your head. Self-control, after all, is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, which makes our prayers possible. Peter's warning about a lack of self-control is a warning against sin. Sin hinders prayer because sin turns our attention away from the God who hears and answers our prayers. But another thing that sin does is that it turns our attention away from those whom God has placed around us. The command to be self-controlled for the sake of our prayers, being placed next to a command to love one another, should remind us that true love for our neighbor only flows from a life of faith in Jesus. Jesus says that the two great commandments of the law are to love God and to love your neighbor. Without one, the other will quickly fall. And I think we see this in the way that people treat one another in the world today. As our society grows increasingly more secular, do we not see a growing animosity among various groups and allegiances? I've often heard secularists argue that they don't need a God to be moral. However, if you look at the broad picture, when you don't agree with someone, what happens? Well, you're labeled as a hater. Instead of trying to actually resolve disputes and come to some sort of common understanding, folks take to social media and drag their opponents and their families through the mud. That takes the evil of what is small-town gossip and multiplies it by an unknowable factor. And dear saints, this should not be so among us. But instead of acting like the pagans do, Peter here reminds us that our Lord has actually commanded us to love one another. He says, love covers a multitude of sins. Love does not pass over, nor does it excuse sins. Love actually covers sins over. In fact, this is how God's love towards us works. David writes in Psalm 32, Blessed are those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. This thread runs throughout the scripture. God covers the sin of Adam and Eve by slaughtering the lamb over, to cover over their nakedness. 
In some of the Old Testament sacrifices, blood was sprinkled on the people as a covering for sin. The saints in Revelation 7 are depicted as wearing robes that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb and made to be white so that they would not have their sins be, their sins be seen by God. God does not see our sin because he has covered them with the blood of Jesus and with the robe of Christ's righteousness, which is yours in your baptism. And this is where this concept then of stewardship in the last days begins to come into play. God has given us everything that we have. This means that we are to use everything that is ours according to his good and gracious will. And this is what stewardship is, using what God has given to us in a way that the giver of those gifts, God himself, would have us use them. So Peter is saying that we are to use God's love for us in a particular way. That is, we are to take the love that he has poured into us and use that love then as the basis of our love for one another. We loved because he first loved us. So, when a pastor speaks the absolution to his congregation, the sins of repentant sinners really are forgiven. The forgiveness which I speak, which is not my forgiveness, but Christ, covers you with the very blood of Jesus. When a Christian wife forgives her husband for something dumb that he says or does, when he receives that forgiveness, his sins are covered by the blood of Jesus. When a Christian father forgives his child for a sin that he has committed, that child's sins truly are covered by the blood of Jesus. We should actually stop saying, that's okay when someone sins against us and then apologizes. We should actually say the words, I forgive you. God shows us hospitality by preparing a table for us to eat as a foretaste of the heavenly banquet. As stewards of this hospitality, which is something that we're about to receive this morning, we are to invite others to become partakers with us in this meal. I've seen some studies that say that some 30% of churchgoers link their church membership to the fact that at some point in their lives, they were invited to church by someone else. A pastor friend of mine who lives out in Colorado once just recently met with a couple that came to his church and they asked if it was okay if they could come to his church to learn more about what they were doing. In fact, I had a guy during Lent call and ask if he would be allowed to come to one of our midweek services. Now, I don't think that you and I usually think this way. You think, well, there's a church service. We can certainly go to it without having to ask permission. But those outside of our communion don't always think that way. And so as you have been invited to share in the heavenly banquet, God would likewise have you be a good steward of that invitation by inviting others yet to join you in the meal. Then Peter goes into a list of other examples for us in terms of our stewardship of the gifts that he gives. He says that if you've been given a gift by God, we should use it to love our neighbor 
and in faith towards God for his glory. He writes, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So, dear saints, what gifts has God given to you? Are you handy? There's a stewardship position, or there's a, a, a trustee position that comes up every year. Do you love Christian education? We have a school board position that opens up later this year. Are you a young man or even an older adult man that loves theology and loves to study the Word of God? Perhaps it's time to consider a campus visit to the seminary in Fort Wayne. God grants each of us different talents and interests so that the church, that is the body of Christ, can accomplish more and more good in the world in which we live. If we were all good at the same things, we wouldn't get anything done. But stewardship also extends beyond the talents that we have to the financial blessings that God has given to us. And one of the best ways that we can serve our neighbor in this place, in this community, is by continuing to provide a place for our neighbors to come and to hear the word of God preached and to receive his gifts. To continue to provide a place for our children and the children in this area to receive a Christian education. In this way, we are working together to ensure that your neighbors and my neighbors and your children and grandchildren and, and generations yet unborn can be baptized in this place, can hear God's word in this place, can receive the forgiveness of sins here in this place. You see, to be a steward of God's gifts in these last days before his coming requires us to be self-controlled and sober-minded. He has redeemed us, and all that we have and all that we are should be put to holy use. And in so doing, we use these gifts to love and to serve our neighbor in order that in all that we do, God is glorified through Jesus Christ. For to him belong all glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. In Jesus' name. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.